We are fortunate Candy is still here. She was supposed to leave for Peru a long time ago, and things got held up. We were going to do this all by video. We, we had a plan. So she's here live, and we're going to have her come and share with us all the things that are going on in Peru. And she's and she and her mom will leave this week, right? You guys, so they got to pack up. Her mom's kind of doing some things today. That's why she's not here. Her mom and dad, come on up. Her mom and dad were, were here before. Her dad graduated to heaven, so he didn't want to come today. And he, he just thought we could handle this on our own. So we're glad you are here. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for Candy, for her folks, that you have done this amazing work in their lives, but also in the among the people in Peru. We appreciate the things that are going on with those women in that particular ministry, and we ask that you would guide her in her uh, sharing this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Good morning. Thank you so much for the privilege of being here. Es, un, es mi placer estar con ustedes. And we speak Spanish in Peru, and um, I'll be sharing a little bit more about that. I want to start with reading a couple verses. Um, Philippians 1.6 says, and I know, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And the Lord began a good work in me when I was a little girl and put me in a Christian family. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit about that. And um, he is completing it. He's working in me and continuing. There's been bumps and bruises and ups and downs. And I've been I've run away a few times, and the Lord has been faithful to continually pursue me and draw me back, and now to see what He is able to to do. Um, okay, so and then Second Corinthians um, one three and um, four and five says, "Who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those." who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Um, so, let me, I'm sorry. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So the Lord has comforted me in many ways and taught me many things, and now he is using me to teach those things to many people. And so that has been my, my story. So I wanted to start with those. And um, let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this time. And God, I pray that you will just speak through me and um, calm my nerves and just um, may I be able to be clear and speak um, everything you want me to say, no more, no less, and no rabbit trails, and just give us wisdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so this is my... Mo- <laughs> okay, so on the screen um, will be my my mom and um, my mom, Wilma, um, and 
I, Candy Surrett, um, we are serving together as a team in Lima, Peru, and um, we are leaving this Friday, so please be praying. There's so many last-minute things we are, that still has to be done, um, and a specific prayer is luggage issues. Um, we're, we're supposed to be allowed six. I have 10 packed, and some of our most important stuff is still not packed yet. So um, we have been recruiting a few people who might be able to take take this trip and take a few pieces, and we're also asking for extra luggage. A lot of it is medical stuff um, for my mom and I. Um, and one of the reasons we extended our trip was because of the COVID restrictions in Peru and um, and because of our health and last week, um, I guess it's been 10 days now. Mom had a heart um, a heart stint put in. Um, and so there's just, um, I had a hip replacement in September. So there's just been a lot of things, but we are doing better and we're ready to go um, and serve. Is it going to work or is Okay. Would the flash drive help? No, it's because of our monitor. Sorry. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess I was really, (laughs) so what I do is I actually talk through the different pictures so that you could see, um, and, and give a report and, and share. Um, um, so I grew up as a missionary kid in Peru. I had the privilege of serving with my parents and, um, my parents first went to Peru in 1973. It was right before my fourth birthday, and I was able to um, serve with them. So when I went to Peru, um, I already spoke the language. Um, I grew up there. I um, I spent all my my parents pretty much spent the rest of their lives in Peru. Um, they lived in Tulsa, so I'm taking care of my grandmother. But um, I spent 20 years in Tulsa, and then the Lord took me back to Peru. So I really have two homes, and it is very exciting for me to be able to serve in Peru. Um, Technical difficulties are always a little challenging. Another thing about being a missionary, you learn to be flexible, and um, there's a lot of things that you do that are unexpected <laughs> and um, try to try to wing it. Um, so the last the last couple of years have, have been different for everybody. And one of oh, sorry, we'll just get that later. It's no big deal. And um, one of the things that was really a blessing was that we had lived out things that we were able to use, again, this verse of what, how the Lord had comforted us, um, we were able to sh- comfort others. And is it a go? We can try? Okay. Oh, oh, don't use this, you mean. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Don't use the clicker. Okay. Um, 
No, but I can teach you some, teach you something. One of the things when my goal was when, when Jesse was little, my, Jesse's my daughter, was, um, I thought if I can teach her the basics of Spanish, eventually she'll learn, um, when, she won't have the struggles when she does learn it. So I would teach her how this, um, how to roll your R's. So it was R con R reventó, el que no sale la llevó. And so I would just get her to rolling those R's. And that was just a little thing that we would do when you play chase. Um, you touch base, and if somebody said that, you actually had to turn loose of base and run somewhere else. But it was just something R con R reventó. And so... Um, and then I would tell her, el carro rojo es de rosa. El carro rojo es de rosa. The red car is de rosas. Um, but it was just something to just get your, get your tongue rolling, um, because my mom never could roll her R's. It was really struggled with that until she finally learned how to say, she finally figured out that if she said butter, for serving butter um, in a southern slang, sort of, and could we say it in English, but then, oh, butter, butter, you know, okay, I sort of say that. Then it was rojo, and she could do it a little bit better. So if you ever have a, you know, if you, depending on how you say butter, um, <laughs> but if you sort of play with it, butter, <laughs> and you can say um, rojo. So can you, um, you want to try? Rojo? Rojo, okay. Okay, so this is my daughter, Jessie. And um, she will be staying here in the States. Um, so be praying for her. It's a challenging week. Um, she's ready to um, be on her own again, but yet it's hard saying goodbye. Okay, so I'm going to guess I'm going to... Okay, so I grew up in Peru as a missionary kid, and so I had the privilege of of already knowing a lot of the language, already knowing the culture, and serving with my parents. And so when I got to Peru, I already had connections. I already had a Peruvian family, pastor's families. I already knew a lot of people, and I was able to... Um, to serve, this is something I, we already went to Peru because my parents still lived there for so many years and because I worked for American Airlines for over 15 years, I was able to to travel. And so we went almost every year while I was lived here. And so when I did transition as a full-time missionary, I was able to serve and start my Bible studies almost immediately. I did Healing Hearts Bible studies in my apartment with women. And what I mainly did was having leaders and pastor's wives and Christian uh, missionaries, Peruvian missionaries and, and those who are already serving come to my apartment and I was introducing them to Healing Hearts Ministries and Healing Hearts Bible Studies. And they were thinking that they were coming to, um, to learn how to help other women, which they were. But by the second or third class, they were realizing that the Lord was really working in their hearts and that there was things in their hearts that they were going to, um, that he was addressing and that they, he was showing them that they were needing. So, um, so this was one of our first graduating classes and, um, this was from several small groups that we had and, and um, one of the ladies right in the middle in the back, the shortest, she is now with the Lord. Um, in fact, 
Friday will be her first year anniversary in heaven. And, um, from due to COVID and, but this was such a unique thing picture. There were several family groups involved in this first several groups. And so then the next, um, few, a couple semesters later that we had many more at the graduating ceremony. So everybody comes back. And so they get to know and encourage one another, um, in the Lord. And I am really praying that God will use, uh, the, our ministry to teach them and they can go and start in their churches and multiply this. And I'm, the vision is to have a multiplying dynamic of bringing ladies to uh, healing in Christ. So I live in a condo city and we live on the th- 12th floor of a, of a tower. But in our, in our block, there are 20 towers um, and they're small apartments um, be praying for wisdom that we were thinking of actually buying. Um, but it, um, it's an opportunity to witness and it's a secure location. And we've had a couple teams who've gone down and we've done children's programs and I've had the privilege of actually serving, um, and training different Peruvian young people and missionaries. And we, we've had Christmas programs, um, with, we were invited to be the guests in our Christmas party of our of our tower, and it's an opportunity to share the gospel of what Christmas really is. And so we've had a neat relationship with our neighbors, and we're just, we're planning and praying to continue that. Um, there's so many lost people around us, and so um, it's it is a quite the opportunity. But my passion are camps. Um, one of my passions. I'm not sure what I'm doing. Am I? I'm trying not to make noises. Um, but my one of my passions are camps and taking ladies to camps and young people to camps because it's a time when people can get away, away, and spend time with God. And I know you guys do that a lot here, and so you know how important it is to just get away and hear what from the Lord and learn and not be distracted. And um, so. We've been able to take young people, and we pr- we pray together. Um, I was able to be a counselor for for one, some of the ladies. We took some of the um, and for the youth group, we've taken different ones, and I've been able to speak at the at the camps. And it's just a pr- such a privilege to see what God does. And then this summer. We weren't able to be there. Summer in Peru is January, well, summer camps are January and February. And, um, but we were able to participate and send young people in this picture this year. We were praying that the Lord would raise up money to, to, to send young people to camp. And he had given us a certain amount. And I was planning on dividing that between all camps. And we had requests of different ones to go to the young people's camp and I felt that the Lord was saying, use everything I give you for the, each camp and trust me. Okay, Lord, we'll, we'll do that. So we, the money that came in, we sent, we used it for the first week and we sent about 15 young people and each camp scholarship is about 50 or $60. I know that's, um, comparable here to pretty inexpensive compared to camps here. However, over there, that's a big deal. 
and um, especially right now with COVID um, unemployment, it's it's a huge deal. In this picture, um, the two the the two right here, they're um, on on the farthest corner. The young man the, and their siblings and their dad passed away with COVID, um, and several other family members. Um, most of them are from single parent families. And several of them are from unsaved families. And so for them to have gotten to go to camp with a full or partial scholarship was a huge deal. Um, so um, in the following camp, we were able to send uh, young people. And there's at least one, if not two, Venezuelan refugees in this picture. And um, some of the young ladies that w- we were able to help. And then we were able to help with the women's camp. And so for the women's camp, I thought, okay, there's absolutely no way we're going to be able to help. We already helped in the young people's camp and then in the college and career camp. And then God said, trust me. And if there's anybody who asks, you send. And then we had and promote for widows to go because we had, there were so many new widows. And I was like, okay, we'll trust. And we ended up helping 20 pastor's wives who many of them would not have been able to go and several went for the first time and several from my ministry as well and um each time each for three camps we filled up a bus of 58 passengers helping others that that were going as well so that's for in January and February we ended up helping 109 campers with full and partial scholarships and the lord just kept providing and he's still reimbursing um but he he we had a fund that was available for something else and he said use it and so we did and lord will provide for that so it um but what a blessing and it has encouraged the ladies now to um oh hold on sorry. um it has encouraged them to now think of next year and to start saving even $2 a month. We've opened up a bank account that they can start doing a layaway program so that they can give even $2 a week. I'm sorry. Um, and if they'll give even more, hoping that they can save for themselves and possibly for somebody else. So any new scholarships will be for other people is what the goal is. And so you might be praying for that. And if anybody feels lead, led to help with camp ministry, please, it is um, out of those who went. So far, we've had at least two or three get saved and lives are being transformed. I've had testimony after testimony. If you're not getting my newsletter, please do. Any of you um, sign up and go back to my previous, um, in January and February, there are numerous testimonies of what God did in camps. Okay, so my parents, um, they were semi-retired, well, they retired to take care of my grandmother years ago, but they continued, my dad didn't realize he was retired, and because they were still went back to Peru quite a bit, and and served because they had tourist visas. They were only allowed to come to, the, to Peru about six months. Their goal was to be six months in each country. And, and because my grandmother had already gone to, to be with the Lord, and so they were coming in, in September they had come to be with me for six months and to serve. And because of my dad's had had strokes and stuff, he he was 
limited on what he could do. He could not pastor, but he could give out tracts. He could serve. He could be an encouragement. And just their being there was an encouragement to the Peruvians and to, um, and seeing my mom take care of him. And so a lot of times, several times, my mom and I went to the bank and with dad and my dad would stay outside on his walker, um, sometimes sitting, sometimes standing, giving out gospel tracts. And so on October 19th, October 23rd, 2019, he was out there giving out tracts. Then we went to lunch and then we were, um, we walked which we hardly ever walked, but it was a sunny day. It was a beautiful day. And we walked to this area where we, we had served. And this is the Christian, the Bible church, um, Baptist Bible church that he had built. Um, and he had pastored for 25 years. We were never in this area, hardly. Um, it was just a couple miles from the condos. But we happened to be there. He was walking with me. And all of a sudden, he was walking with Jesus there on the street. It was such an, um, a shock. It is when somebody calls your name, you stop and turn around and look. And well, he was stop. He was walking with his walker. I had him by the arm. My mom was right behind us. We were walking on the sidewalk and he, all of a sudden he stopped, turned loose of his walker, looked straight up at the church where two blocks away and looked straight up into heaven, had a big smile and just sort of sat down in the air. He was walking with me. And he was walking with Jesus. And in that moment, God's peace descended on us. And um, because of it, being there in the street, and the rules are, if when, I mean, we, we, we did CPR, we did different things, and I was still, I would, my first thought was, Lord, are you answering their prayers today? When he started to sit down. That was my first thought. Because for years they had been praying together and they let it known lord in your time if it be your will please take us while we can still think see hear talk walk be doing stuff and that we can serve you to the very day that you take us and if possible may it be in peru we never dreamed of asking that it may be in la pascana in the area that they were known in the area that they had served God gave us above and beyond what we could even imagine. And it was right there on the street. And because it was there on the street, we couldn't move the body. Once, um, once CPR was, I was praying, Lord, may we know if he's not going to survive, may we not take him in an ambulance. May the ambulance not arrive. And it arrived shortly after he was gone. We knew he was gone. And I really believe it was instant, but um, there was still some flutter. Somebody felt the heartbeat, and so until there was hope, I mean, while there was, we, we did what we could. And as soon as I knew and I finished, um, we, I stood up, and I said, he's not here. He's with the Lord. Not because of something he had done, but because he had recognized that he could not of his own be good enough. He recognized he had done things that did not please God. And that, and Jesus had died in his place. And he had asked the Lord to forgive him. And God had. And because I have also recognized that I'm a sinner. And that God has forgiven me. I know that I will see my dad again. A few minutes later, crowds are coming. I mean, everywhere. And we can't move this body until the coroner declares it. And so... 
Um, the police had to come and everything, uh, make sure it was all legit. And, um, and he had been, my dad had been given six months to live in 2001. This is 2019. So there's nothing, there's no moment before the Lord has said it is time. And there's no moment after that the Lord has said, you can't, you, yes, you do take care of yourself, but you can't, we are not in control. And so, um, so somebody, there's a crowds coming from everywhere and we are actually comforting others. And somebody said, give, bring, uh, bring the megaphone to it. And they brought and gave my mom a megaphone. And she is actually sharing the gospel to 150 people that have gathered around while the police are working on my dad behind her. And, um, again, telling them just by grace in the, in God. And, um, knowing that we cannot save ourselves. There's nothing you could do. And the two tracks that dad had just been giving out 15, 20 minutes before, I will do it later. And what if you only had five minutes to live? She said, you would not have, he would not have had time to repent, to, to think because he was walking and he was walking with Jesus. That video actually was, it was a video. They made a video of her just sharing the gospel. And that video has gone viral in our community. I mean, several thousand have have seen it, of her sharing the gospel. And it's still being a witness. Um, A few days later, um, now in Peru, because things are a lot different than it is here, we have services there. A lot of people, um, for the funeral, it lasts... They do it 24 hours, and then they bury. We didn't. We did um, services on Thursday and Friday from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., and then Friday, um, Saturday morning we had the, the, the burial. Um, but we didn't actually have services the entire time. It was more, they considered it more a Bible conference. But a few days later when we were going up to the uh, graveside, we had a family car that the funeral home directed. My mom was sitting up front witnessing to the to the driver behind the hearse as we were going to the to the funeral and we were very blessed that my brother and my daughter were able to fly in from from the states and god worked even that out amazing every all the details and god's timing was just amazing um but again um, there were crowds of people and it was like a Bible conference. We had different ones who had been worked, who had served under my dad, who were trained and under my, my parents and they were the speakers. And so we had speakers, um, we had praise and worship and then we had, um, speakers from different ones. And then we had open mic and the goal was not to praise my dad, but to praise my dad's God and what God had done through my dad in their lives of reaching them for Jesus. And it was such a a blessing, but just to give you a glimpse, we had from four to 10, but we had official services at five, at seven and nine. Um, both nights, um, instead of all through, I said, we are not doing from, from four to 10 all without, I need a break. <laughs> and so we took, we, we scheduled it this way. And so then we, and this was one of the breaks and everybody just got gathered around because there were t- people who hadn't seen each other in years. And so it was really sort of a really neat fellowship time. 
Um, but that led us into COVID. And all of a sudden, everything, this happened in October, four months later, or five, we, in February, March, we shut down, and Peru shut down big time for months. And it, my mom, being over 55, was not allowed, allowed out of her apartment except for medical purposes pretty much for a year and a half. Um, and so we, um, everything went virtual and we were able to counsel and all of a sudden, suddenly we were losing lots of people that we knew. Um, I quit counting at our death on our death rates at 35 of personal friends and, um, that we had lost. And so we could point back to our hope in Jesus and how they had seen us point to Jesus and now we could give them the same hope. And they knew that we had um, lived it. And it wasn't something that we could just, we were living example. And they could, um, they could call, we, we, mom ended up with a ministry to new widows. Um, praise the Lord, most of our, most of the ones that we knew were people we will see again. It's really hard when you don't know. Or you do know they didn't know the Lord. Um, that was the challenging ones. Um, but we were able to do a lot through that. And one of the exciting things of COVID brought, and totally unexpected, changed my ministry dynamic for quite a while, was somebody here in the States sent offering to start my benevolence fund, lead me a whole different direction, for COVID relief. And... Um, all of a sudden, people weren't working. There were no funds, especially with Peruvian pastors and missionaries. There were no funds. And um, we were able to meet these, these three families and buy, buy groceries for them. At the grocery store, we were trying to be sort of sneaky, and so we met at the grocery store because we weren't allowed out unless you went to a store or to bank or medical, pretty much. And so we were able to meet them at the grocery store, buy them groceries. Um, a couple of families were Venezuelan refugees, and one of the ladies got saved. And we, she ended up doing over 50 Bible lessons of discipleship online. Through, um, a couple times, she actually was able to come to to the apartment, and um, we worked with her, and we were able to share with her. And then this past Christmas, here we are here in the States, and she writes us, she's still following up over a year and a half later, and, and asks, um, asks if we could go to a secular Venezuelan refugee Christmas party and share, give some toys and share the gospel. And we sent a team, and they s- shared why Christmas really came, that Jesus came to, as a baby, without sin, to, to die and rise again, to offer us the gift of eternal life. And they were able to share the gospel with 60 young people and adults and gave out over 120 tracts, all because we had given them a, a, a basket of food during COVID. And, and the Lord is still working. And then we had actually been able to say, send the two boys, or her nep- adopted son's nephews, from two of her siblings that had passed away a few years ago and that she's raising. And one of those boys got saved at camp. And we had been able to send them. So if we had not given that basket of food, they would not know the Lord. Um, oh, back up one. And the two young ladies, that 
during COVID, they lost their their um, in in their household. They they lost one of them, one of the family members. They lost quite a few, but one of them lost two grandparents or two grandfathers, um, a mom, aunt, and and almost lost lost an uncle. And I mean, possibly several others in the, but at least those in their in their family. So the whole family dynamic has truly changed in Peru. Um, one of the, and this is a Peruvian pastor, Peruvian missionary in the jungle that we were able to give a Christmas gift and um, food baskets to, and we were able to send offerings. And then they were able to, out of their little bit, they would send offerings to, to they would give to others. And then we had our ministry to our neighbors and we let others know our neighbors know that if they needed food and groceries to let us know. And we were, because of that, we were able to witness and pray for several of our neighbors. And one day Ellie, who had already prayed with my mom to accept Christ came and said, will you come and pray for my husband? He needs prayer. He's sick. He doesn't have COVID at that time. We figured that he did, but that's what she wanted us to believe. Um, so mom and I talked about it. What do you do? What, um, mom is elderly and they were wanting her to come and we prayed about it. And well, we didn't pray about it knowing the answer. Um, because that's what we're there for. We knew that if we passed away, we're going to heaven. We knew that if he passed away, he probably would not. Um, because at that time we figured he did not know the Lord. So well, there wasn't much of a no, it wasn't really nothing to think about. We, um, it's not easy for, for me to let my mom go, especially knowing that if she did get sick and if she were to pass away, everybody would blame me. Why didn't you take care of your mom? That's the custom in Peru. But I was like, you know what? This is what we're here for. And I will see you again. And, um, so we prayed. That's when we prayed. Lord, is she, we're in your hands. Use us. And she went. Yes, she took her precautions. She stayed at a distance and she shared the gospel and he prayed to get saved. And then he went to the hospital a few days later to ICU and we figured we'd never see him again. Because that was the reality. At that time, I don't think we knew anybody who had gone to the hospital who had come back. But he was one of the exceptions. And after several months, several weeks, seemed like forever, he did get, get out of ICU. And eventually, after months, came back. And he told her, I knew that I knew God. And I, he, I was not alone after you prayed with me. And after I prayed. Because he had said he had prayed to, to accept Christ. And so that was such a blessing. They're still growing. Um, there's a lot of need for discipleship in them. But that was a ministry to our neighbor's. Um, anytime mom was able to go out, um, and anytime I go out, we, we take out gospel tracts and we're able to give out quite a few. This is the area we live in. It is, um, this is taken from the top of a, one of the top of the hills. Um, we live in the valley. There's hundreds of thousands of people represented in this. And we're praying that God will raise up more Christians, more laborers, more missionaries who will go and share. Pray that there's a good, solid Christian church in close enough that we can invite people and that the preaching is, is solid, um, that they will be taught the word. Um, 
be, be in prayer just for, for us, that we will be, have wisdom, that we will be able to do what God wants us to do, that we will be able to reach our neighbors, and um, that God will just bring, bring revival. There's more people that are hungry for the word, more people who are hungry for, for the Lord in Peru than ever before due to their, their need um, and the loss that has been happening in Peru. This was my parents' legacy. At the funeral, after, after the graveside, they, we went back to the church for another hour of praise and worship and, and pictures. And these were some of the Peruvian pastors and missionaries and Peruvian pas- wives, wives that had come out of our church, out of the training of my parents, and had served under him and are now serving in other places. And that is part of the legacy of my dad. And the one in front, he, he's a pastor that went to be with the Lord also through COVID. Um, I want to have a legacy as well. With the young people that come to my house, especially the college age group that come, I want to t- teach them a love of missions, a love of the Lord, and give them a vision of what God can do through them to reach Peru and other countries and mobilize them to not just think of their careers, but think of what they can do, what God can do through them to reach others for Christ. I want to be able to have a mobile, uh, a dynamic missionary uh, movement with the ladies of reproducing and training others to serve him and see them reaching the ladies of their community and seeing them train ladies and, and work in their lives and families transform because of it. So be praying for the ladies ministry, be praying for me and for, as I do healing hearts ministries and do the Bible studies in my apartment, Pray for the camp ministries that God will provide the funds. Pray for the um, that He will just use us and work in that. Um, as we continue right now, I'm already doing a Bible study virtually from here in Peru, um, and I will be continuing that and hopefully even meeting them in person some and opening that up. Pray for Jesse as she stays behind. Um, and that God will just continue working in her life and that he will be glorified in her and through her and that um, just draw her closer and closer to him, that she will serve him. Pray for my mom and I, my mom Wilma and I, as we return to Peru next Friday, all the logistics, and that we'll be able to get there and rest a little bit and, and that we will be able to serve. Um, it's such a pleasure to have my mom with me. Her health is a bit of shaky right this minute so just continue praying for her um she's ready to go but she knows that um it's more profitable at this point for um, for the lord to leave her and but um so she she's willing to do whatever the lord wants her to do and i will allow her to do um so just thank you for your prayers thank you for praying for me and that god will give us strength give me strength and wisdom as I work in the ladies and provide uh, that God just works through me too. Let's let's thank Him for this, Father God. I do thank you for what you are doing in Peru. Thank you for each of these testimonies and so so many more, Lord. That you have done a mighty work in Peru because of partners like like this church and like the people here and Lord that 
You are using us as a, as a team to reach the ladies, the young people, the families, the neighbors in Peru. God, that we will be able to, each one of us, graduate to heaven in your timing and hear, well done, faithful servant. Lord, we thank you for our eternal hope in you. For the comfort that you give. Lord, for that peace that passes understanding. That you walk through us in the hard times. Lord, I pray for Pastor Randy and Cass as they're walking through this time. And their families. Their extended families. This church. God, that you will just comfort them. Surround them with your peace. Engulf them, God. That they will be able to be a witness to those around. And if there's any that does not have the hope and security of knowing you, of knowing what happens after I take my last breath, that they won't wait, but that they will know Because we don't know if we may only have five minutes to live. May we not wait and I'll do it later. Because we don't know if we'll have it later. God, I pray that you will just use each person here in the lives of their family, their friends, their coworkers, the places you place them. Even opportunities in Walmart and other stores to give out a gospel track, to share your love and peace with others. Thank you, God. We love you, we bless you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.